It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in cinema, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryson. I'm part of the Film Rage crew, and it seems that I am all alone this week. Jim had a tantrum and left the show after being forced to watch Black Knight starring Martin Lawrence in our Rage or Dare segment last week. Apparently, that movie completely broke him. I thought he was joking. But he no-showed at the cinema this week, and as I look around the Film Rage studio, he is nowhere to be found. If anyone can get in touch with him, can you find out if this is serious? I'm beginning to think that this is, as he has not answered my calls, nor has he responded to any of my emails. And for the merman, he's working every waking hour at the Calgary Stampede, as well as his 15 other jobs. So, he's a no-show too. But I hear the show must go on, and go on it shall. So with all that being said, let's rage on. And this is the part that Jim comes in and starts talking, so I guess I'll uh, do his job as well. Thanks to all that have been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform. Or support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film. And you know what? We'll watch it. Now, let's get to raging. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadow Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie planned? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. as per usual we will start with what we saw in cinema last week and we are gonna start with a movie called joy ride ah joy ride what can i say about joy ride well if stuffing drugs up the bum a vagina tattoo participating in a threesome as you are on a video conference call with your boss Multiple scenes of people throwing up on each other, penis statues, vagina paintings, and sex with a basketball sound entertaining, then this is a film for you. The film follows two best friends from when they met as youngsters to 25 years later as one is a budding artist by the name of Lolo and the other is an ambitious lawyer named Audrey. Through a convoluted plot development, they find themselves in China and debauchery ensues. They are there on a business trip for Audrey, but Lolo is there to translate. I guess that makes sense. 
Mm, maybe not really. And they are joined by Lolo's cousin, Deadeye, and Cat, a college friend of Audrey. These four travel around China and eventually Korea as they participate in many questionable endeavors as they search for Audrey's birth mother. Did I mention that Audrey was adopted? It doesn't matter. Why they end up looking for her birth mother is kind of dumb, but it takes us to some of the better scenes in the film. Long story short, they pretend to be a K-pop group and then they get all mad at each other and then eventually they make up. There is some heart in this crude tale, but it takes way too long to get there. As far as raunchy comedies go, it is better than some and much worse than others. You know what you're going to get going in. There were a few laughs and a few scenes towards the end that make this barely worthwhile, or in film rage speak, Joyride was a low, low meh. All right. What do you think, Jim? Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding, he's not around. Still don't understand why he just stormed off like that. Very unlike him. He's usually not that big a baby. At any rate, second film I saw was Sound of Freedom. Hmm. Sound of Freedom is a two hour and 10 minute film full of caricatures and cliches. There is not one fully developed character in the whole movie. The subject of the movie is a sensitive one as it is about child trafficking and one man's mission to try and save one specific girl. A glassy-eyed Jim Caviezel stars as Tim Ballard, a government agent who cracks down on child pornography. There are repeated scenes where we see a single tear drip from his left eye in an attempt to manufacture some extra emotion. It all comes off a little bit hollow. As mentioned, there is zero character development and poor Mira Sorvino is regulated to delivering a few lines of generic encouragement to her husband, Tim. The subject is a hard watch if the movie was good but it is even a harder watch in this case, as this was not a good film. There are more than a few sequences that do not seem to ring true. The ease that Agent Ballard convinces a pedophile in custody that he is also a pedophile and the information that is offered as a result is pretty hard to believe in the implied passage of time. This is just one example of things coming a little too easy for our super cop. In the right hands, this could perhaps have been better, but honestly, I think the subject matter would have been better served as a documentary. The Sound of Freedom fails to make a big enough noise. See what I did there? Sound, noise. <laughs> Which saddens me, as I have uh, to give this poorly paced manipulative film a rage because it just isn't a good film. However, I hope the message gets through anyway as this type of thing should never happen to anybody's child. And if this film can affect some change, then it was worthwhile on that level. I just wish it was a better film. All right, from there, let's move on to another movie. And this one is called Insidious, The Red Door. It's another Insidious movie. I, I don't understand why they keep making these. But this one's called The Red Door. Whether it is Insidious or Annabelle or The Conjuring, at this point, I do not know which series is which. They all feel the same, and for the most part, they kind of look the same. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat seems to be the formula. 
this was no better or nor war no <laughs> i can't talk today or no worse than its predecessors and is mildly entertainment in the moment the problem is i cannot remember anything about any of them and i guarantee i will have forgotten what this film insidious the red door was about within weeks still the performances were solid enough i liked the two college kids ty simpkins and sinclair daniel the latter i hope i see more of as she she's got something patrick wilson also stars and directs this as well what he directs that's crazy he is always passable but i cannot say i am a fan of his acting and he underwhelms here again because that's what he does he's very underwhelming Still, it was entertaining in the moment, as an artist stands at a doorway to hell and needs to figure out how to close the red door. It was competent, but that is not exactly what you want from a horror film. This was heavy on jump scares that didn't make me jump, and plenty of that awesome PG horror that I love. If you love these James Wan universe movies, you will also love this one. But if you are indifferent to them, like I am, then this will be another PG-13 horror meh. It's not terrible. It's just meh. All right, from there. What? A fourth movie? We went to four. Well, I went to four movies in the cinema last week. That's crazy. That's a lot of movies. That's so many movies fourth movie i think i may have saved the best for last is called blue jean blue jean is the directorial debut of georgia oakley who also wrote this it is the story of jean played by rosie McEwen, a gym teacher in 1988 england as margaret thatcher's ultra conservative government is in the process of passing a law that stigmatizes gays and lesbians this forces Jean to lead a double life as she tries to hide the fact that she's a lesbian from her co-workers. It is a film that does not feel the need to make our main character into a hero for the cause. She is grounded in the reality that she lives in and makes decisions based on her perception of that reality. She makes some choices that seem unacceptable except for the fact that in her mind there is no other way. This causes her a lot of shame and anguish. This brings me to the performance of Rosie McGuin. This is a star-making role for her as her layered turn as Jean causes us to go through a wide range of emotions. There are moments where I am mad at her, times when I'm rooting for her, times when I'm disgusted with her, times when I'm genuinely happy for her, times of frustration, times when I am sad for her and everything in between. This is mentioned it's a very genuine feeling film and the ending is satisfying, satisfying without pandering. The movie has a braveness to it as it could have been made, or as sorry, it could have made Jean some sort of crusader for justice, which would have been the easy way to go. But that is not the character that was presented. Every one of her choices made sense in relation to her character. Such an honest look at a tough time and place to be gay. Jean knows she is flawed, but also knows that she can do better. As at one point while talking to one of her students, she tells her, people failed me and now I've failed you. She's very aware of the person she is and the person she wishes that she could be. This is a very confident debut from a filmmaker that I am excited for as this film gets her career off to a fantastic start. Blue Jean introduces us to a star in the making as well in Rosie McGuin. 
and a director, as mentioned, with a very bright future in Oakley. Oh, and Blue Jean is also Mondo. I absolutely adored, adored this film. Now, since I'm running the show this week, I've got some excellent news for y'all. It is the return of streaming. I love this music. We don't hear this music enough anymore. Oh yeah. So, the first thing that I streamed this week was a film by the name of Dollyland. Dollyland is another (laughs) biopic failure. Uh, It is about Salvatore Dolly, played here by Ben Kingsley. This film takes a great artist and puts him in a mediocre film. As his life is boiled down to one hour and 37 uneventful minutes. The performances are decent, but they are mired in a script that fails to live up to the dynamic painter. This shocks me as Mary Heron has made some interesting and dynamic in her own right films in American Psycho and I shot Andy Warhol, although as of late, the film quality has lagged. Here, the whole project seemed a little watered down. You could expect a film about Dali to perhaps be a little more controversial or at least visually enthralling. But there is nothing of substance in this bland look at an artist that was never bland. Kingsley's performance was good, but not great, as could be said for the rest of the cast as well. Dolly Land was mostly just disappointing. For a film that I was really, really looking forward to, I am sad to say that it was an underwhelming and disappointing meh. Alright. So from there, we go to a documentary called Wham! Wham! is the story of the 80s pop band that launched the career of George Michael. It is an interesting look at the dynamic between Michael and Andrew Ridgely as Wham! As they uh, attempt to take over the pop world, it is a story of close friends who make each other better. The film covers the friendship from its beginning in grade school. With the help of Ridgely's mum's scrapbook, we take a chronological journey as they rise to the top of the charts. It shows the determination they had from the beginning and the belief that they had in themselves and each other. It paints a picture of a bit of a shift in influence. In the beginning, Ridgely was thought to be the creative force, but with his help, he inspired Michael to come out of his shell, and by the second album, it was clear that Michael was a superstar. By the second album, Michaels was writing and producing, and the writing was on the wall for Ridgely. With Ridgely's support, Wham! broke up, and George Michael was on his way to superstardom. They played their last concert in 1986 at Wembley Stadium. The thing you will take away from this is how this film makes Ridgely look like the best person walking the face of the earth. How could he not resent or be jealous of the success of Michaels? 
According to this movie, he was in full support of the demise of Wham! so that Michaels could soar to the highest heights. He is definitely a better man than me. I would have been pissed. This was a fun documentary, and I suppose we should be able to take all that it is at face value as it is narrated by the band. It is an amazing story, as not many could achieve the success these two did in just four short years. Wham! The documentary is a high meh. I really liked it. All right. So, from that, let's get serious again. Next film we're going to look at is Reality. Reality is a fascinating look into the true events that happened to a young lady by the name of Reality Winner. The dialogue within this are straight from the FBI recordings of Reality's interrogation. Search of her home and arrest. At first, we are in the dark as to why this is happening to her, but as the interrogation continues, we slowly realize that she is what she is being accused of. This is a tense bit of filmmaking that will give you a glimpse into how the FBI operates and also the strength it takes to do what you believe in and do what you think is right as reality risks everything for those beliefs. Sydney Sweeney's performance as reality drips with authenticity as at times it almost feels like you are watching a documentary. This is a film worth checking out with its unique approach and minimalist production that lets the real dialogue and the tremendous performances tell the story. Reality was really Mondo. And now, we're going to look at Brooklyn 45. And uh, it was uh, playing on Shutter, by the way. I like to pump the tires of Shutter every now and then because I don't think enough people. It's still still releasing some good stuff. You got to wade through it a little bit sometimes. There's a lot of, but you know what? For the price, man, it's value. Especially when you get movies like this. Movie I'm talking about is Brooklyn 45. Brooklyn 45 tells the story of five military veterans of World War II who get together one night and find themselves trapped in a room as they begrudgingly participate in a seance. The tension builds throughout and eventually next door neighbor Hildegard escapes a closet where she had been tied up. This is where the film ramps up that and that existing tension just goes to a complete other level. Ah, the true colors of everyone in the room are revealed as secrets are uncovered all while some supernatural events happen around them. The film could not have done a better job of developing every character in the room. We understand the motivations and backstory of all of them. The film also lets you draw many of your own conclusions as not every detail is spelled out. It is a great ensemble cast with standouts Anne Ramsey and Marla Sheridan. As Marla Sheridan, sorry. The U.S. Army's top interrogator and Christina Klieb as the aforementioned Hildegard. A German immigrant who some in the room suspect of being a Nazi. The film is a pressure cooker filled with ghosts and gore and suspected Nazis and deception and most of all, really good actors. I love this glimpse at how different people may react to very unnerving circumstances. Brooklyn 45 was not what I was expecting and was actually so much better than I ever could have imagined. 
It is a reminder of why I keep my subscription to Shudder, as every now and then it will release a film like this. Brooklyn 45 was Mondo. Holy crap, that's eight movies that we've done in under 20 minutes. Well, where he just hit the 20 minute mark. Now, where do we go from here? Where do we usually go from here? Oh, yeah. I remember. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. that music by the way so my open rage this week you know what take your pick i mean the fact that my uh podcast my co-podcasters have uh completely abandoned me jim you know going off with his little temper tantrum and murray deciding he wants to make money rather than give you folks what you crave a little merman it's just not right people need the merman mer they're not getting their weekly dose of merman People are going to be going through withdrawals. So you could you could say that's my rage, or you could pick PG-13 horror. I mean, that's always something that I rage about, and we got that again this week with Insidious the Red Door. Maybe bad biopics. That could definitely be my rage. I mean, Dolly Land. Man, the guy is such an interesting character. How can you make a bland biopic out of this guy's life? I just don't understand. The other thing, you know what? I went to the theater this week. There's someone sitting in my assigned seat at the cinema. It's very clearly marked on the on your ticket, man. Just don't sit in my seat. I was... But you know what? I think that the thing that I probably found most disappointing was that... Uh, that uh, Dolly Land. I mean, I was really, really looking forward to Ben, ben Kingsley's portrayal portrayal of salvador dolly salvador dolly and um the film was just so disappointing that i'm going with that that's my rage this week even though i kind of went all over the map here we'll, we'll we'll stick with that one rage subsiding pulse slowing anger fading Time for the lists. And I'm going to do something a little different. I'm actually not going to nominate anybody. Although it's awfully tempting with everybody gone to, you know, try to get Ben Affleck on every list, the undoubted and the mesmerizing, as we all know that he should be on. Well, 
Actually, he can't be on the Undoubted. He was in that horrible, horrible Robert Rodriguez movie. But the man is definitely mesmerizing. But I'm not going to do that this week. And I'm also not going to try to get Rob Zombie on the uh, Undoubted Directors. But, you know, we all know he is. But what I am going to do is I'm just going to take a look at our lists here. Because I haven't actually looked at them in a while. So I'm actually going to uh, filmrageyyc.com. And uh, let's take a look at the list. Uh, let's just look at the doubted and the undoubted, because the other ones are obscenely long. Uh, for undoubted, we got Paul Thomas Anderson as director. That is definitely true. Remember, to be undoubted, you have to have eight consecutive films that are basically mondo. You can have a meh on the list of your eight films, but you cannot have back-to-back mehs and... You also cannot have any rages. So Paul Thomas Anderson, that makes perfect sense that he would be undoubted. Kelly Reichardt, she is the newest addition, I believe. And man, everything she makes is just spectacular. This one's a little shocking. Emma Stone apparently is undoubted. I almost feel like I need to go look at all her movies, but apparently she's made some good choices. Remember, undoubted doesn't necessarily mean that you're just like a fantastic actress actor or but uh it just means that you've made some good choices now having said that i'm not saying emma stone's not a good actor but she's uh just shocking to me shocking me that that, that she's undoubted also we have noah bombach um that makes perfect sense because everything the man directs is spectacular tom hardy another another dude that makes a lot of good choices Here's another one that's kind of shocking, to be honest. Michael Sarah is on the undoubted list. Once again, I got to go take a look at what his last eight were, because that's 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 kind of amazing. Michael Sarah apparently is making good choices. Uh, uh, under the director category, we also have Chan Wook Park, and that makes perfect sense because the man makes nothing but gold. David Cronenberg is director. He is definitely undoubted. John Hawks one of my favorite character actors the man is spectacular as well uh ah hirokazu korida absolutely deserves to be on this list as a director of course christopher nolan hmm guess we'll see after oppenheimer if he can stay on the list can't imagine that it would be a rage but hey who knows guillermo del toro also makes a lot of sense although seems like there's quite a few mez but i guess some of them are none of them were back to back, and there's more than enough Mondos from Guillermo, that's for sure. Alfred Hitchcock, no brainer. Apparently, he's uh, he's going to be undoubted for life because guess what? He's not going to direct any more movies for obvious reasons. Uh, Denny Villeneuve, uh, that's another one that yeah, no, that I guess that makes sense. Although, really, did I not give his last movie a? Mm, I gotta look into that one. You might have snuck one past me, but let's see. Uh, George Miller. Yep. And although there's a little note here that we need to watch Witches of Eastwick again. That was pretty bad. Was it a rage? Was it even a maz? That's interesting. Jim Jarmusch's director. Absolutely. Uh, Kurosawa as director, of course. And uh, Numi Repace, who is always 
really, really good. So it's not shocking that she's also made really, really good choices. Now, another list that is almost equally tough to get on because, man, do you have to be bad to get on this list. It's a list called the Doubted List. And it's so hard to get on that it's actually, I think, our shortest list. We've got David Spade, no-brainer. John Travolta, no-brainer. James Marsden. Shouldn't this guy be better? Uh, but he isn't. Uh, Terry, uh, Terry, Tyler Perry. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, we've got him as director. I can't imagine that he's not as an actor as well since he seems to act in all his own movies. Uh, then we got Vin Diesel, no-brainer. Rob Schneider. What? Martin Lawrence. Oh, that's why Jim is no longer with us. Martin Lawrence broke him. Uh, Paul Walker. That's no-brainer, and apparently he will be doubted for life because, once again, for obvious reasons. Uh, Uwe Boll. Yeah, he's makes some really bad movies. Uh, and then Sarah Jessica Parker. Denise Richards. And Aaron Seltzer. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that is a deserving list. So that's just a little look at our list. Um, if there's anything you think you think that we're missing, uh, if you've got someone that you think is completely doubted and they've got a bunch of bad movies in a row, let us know. We're always looking to add to the list. Uh, and undoubted, I would love, love, love if you could forward some uh, undoubted um, uh, nominees because that's another one. That's That is a tough list to get on really really tough list alright so from there let's move on to I think what people tend to wait for they kind of bide their time until we get to this next segment It is with a heavy heart that I, Casey, your god of rage, bringer of sadness and unquenchable ire to the podcast, inform you of what has happened recently. You see, last week I fully expected that Bryce would break again due to Martin Lawrence's rage-inducing skills. However, it appears that it was Jim who was broken, finally, and he decided to quit the podcast leaving when he could not take the level of rage that the Black Knight delivered. Well, as I always say, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, Jim. It's a sad day for film rage, but it is time that we all move on. Maybe this will give me more airtime on the podcast. Hmm, what should I talk about? I'll get all of that organized for next week after the socially acceptable period of mourning for Jim leaving is over. Stay tuned for Casey and the Rageettes, a new and improved Film Rage podcast. Out with the old, in with the new. So, after Cry Baby Jim exited stage right pursued by a black knight, Bryce pulled a truly musical masterpiece when his little baby fingers grasped, Mamma Mia, here we go again, from my phantasmagoric bag of evil remakes and sequels. Let's check in with Bryce and see if this magical musical mystery tour will also cause him to quit the show. And then it will be all Casey, all the time. <laughs> My plan is nearly complete. 
I guess Bryce's wish finally comes true, and he now gets to actually get all of the rage dares. <laughs> Come on, Bryce. All right, Casey. Uh, yeah, you didn't quite break me with this one. But f first of all, I am pretty sure that I've watched this recently, but I, I couldn't find it in the Rage or Dare list on the website. At any rate, I will guarantee you that I will never watch this again. Uh, this is uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again from 2018. I mean, forcing me to listen to ABBA for two hours would be sadistic enough, but to make me watch a two-hour movie packed with ABBA performed by the likes of Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, and Stellan Skarsgård is next-level awful. The music is awful, the story is dumb, the attempts at humor fail to land. I was embarrassed for the entire cast. Why would Stellan Skarsgård and Colin Firth involve themselves in this endeavor? I mean, I can kind of understand why Pierce Brosnan would, you know. Um... Uh, I just, uh, the ghost of Meryl Streep appears, um, and that made my eyes roll back into my head so far that I actually, they got stuck for a few seconds there. The appearance of Cher belting out a song towards the end was enough to make me throw up a little in my mouth. And did I mention that I am not, that I am sure that I have watched this recently? I do not understand why I'm watching. I don't know why it had to be for the podcast because there is no way I would ever voluntarily watch this. And then as the end credits roll, we got another ABBA classic performed by the entire cast in sequin jumpsuits. Long story short, Casey, you are a sadistic son of a bitch. And Mamma Mia, here we go again, is a rage. Now, uh, I am not sure what's going on next week. I'm hoping that we can get in touch with Jim. And I'm hoping Murray's going to come back. Who, who the heck knows? Maybe I don't know what's going on with him either. So, as I say, if, uh, if you you can reach out to Jim somehow. I have no idea how to get in touch with him. I've tried. Um, if anybody out there knows, um, say, hey, dude, are you going back to the podcast? Because uh, otherwise, uh, Bryce is getting pretty lonely. At any rate. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended film range community and family who you can, uh, you can actually see them all in our show notes. Thanks to Casey from the nerdy photographer for the voice of Rager dare. Find us on the social medias everywhere at film rage. YYC check out everything film rage at film rage. YYC.com including our merch site for Redbubble and T public. I did not know that we had merch for sale at Redbubble and T public. Um, that's, that's news to me. I might have to go check it out. Maybe buy myself a film rage hoodie. I don't know. We're always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment, like, and subscribe or send us an email to filmragecalgary at gmail.com. And Hey, send, I, I think Jim still got access to that. So send him an email and say, what, what's what's happening dude why aren't you on the podcast you can't be that big a baby why are why you you know just why are you taking your ball and going home martin lawrence is bad but it's not worth quitting the podcast over yet uh, anyways dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage you can do that at film rage 
calgary at gmail.com. And no matter what you do, please, please make us rage. That's it for this week. Rage on!